All right, I think we are ready to get started in the room. Let me start off by saying good morning to everybody. Uh, my name is Sean. I'm one of the pastors here on this team. And I, I got to start this way. I, I've missed you. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been able to be here. And it's good to see some good looking faces today. I mean, turn to your neighbor and say, how good looking are you today? Like, uh, this is a good thing. I'm excited to be back. Got a good looking crowd. We're ready to get going. So um, uh, before I jump into the message this morning, a couple of housekeeping family items that I'd like to share with us. You'll remember about a month ago, we had one of our pastors, Pastor Josh, who had resigned and has uh, transitioned uh, to, a, to a different city. And so in knowing that he was leaving, I had a little bit of leeway of time. And then over the course of the summer now, um, we've been able to kind of land on where we're going to um, steer ourselves as a church. And so many people were wondering, who are you going to hire? What are you going to do? And so here, here's the answer to that. Uh, it, it's amazing sometimes how God um, sees things before you see them. Have you ever experienced this before? It's like he sees stuff and you're like, oh, wow, that's really neat. Uh, and about... Eight uh, months ago, or 10 months ago, right around there, we uh, hired a youth pastor to our team, Pastor Levi. Uh, if you don't know who Pastor Levi was, he was the guy on the guitar today and leading us that way. Pretty cool guy, nice guy. And uh, as you've noticed, he's got an incredible talent when it comes to leading in music. And so we have decided to um, move Pastor Levi as well into our music ministry to move forward. He's still going to lift our youth ministry as well. But we're really excited, first of all, to have Pastor Levi leading our music ministry uh, right now. In knowing what I was asking him to do, it meant that I had to take some things away from him and, and supplement some help that way as well. And so what we decided to do is we decided to hire his wife as well, actually, to our team. So let me tell you. So I'm kind of officially introducing to many of you, probably for the first time today, uh, we now have Pastor Jen on our team as well. And so what you need to be mindful of is it's not Pastor Jen who runs our kids' ministry. Uh, we're just trying to confuse you now with what pastor you're going to call. But Pastor Jen W., uh, she is going to be leading, and she's been leading with us since she arrived. She's been doing our social media. So if you've not got onto our social media, get onto it. You've got to see the stuff that Pastor Jen has been working on that way. She is also taking the primary leadership of our young adult ministry. So if you're a young adult, you want to be talking to her right now. And she is also stepping into the music ministry as well, because she is very talented. And this is the thing that I love about, about Jen, is that ever since that we were in conversations of hiring them, the call of God is on her life just as much as it was Levi's. And so I'm excited to bring another female to our pastoral team. This is exciting days for us, and we're excited to have you. I'm going to have the two of you stand up so everybody can now just officially see who you are. But let's welcome our new pastors this way to new places of ministry. Everybody up there is looking at you too, I know. <laughs> Balcony people at a little bit of a disadvantage. The second thing that I'd like to do today is you've come on a Sunday that is um, on our calendar. It was a membership Sunday. And uh, one of the things that we love to do is welcome new people into membership here at our church. 
And in the 9 a.m. service, we had a couple of these new members present. We've got others who are here in the 11 o'clock. And for all you 11 o'clock people, you get the majority of the members today. Uh, I guess our members like to sleep in. So, uh, and then come here. But I, if you are in the room today, I'm going to ask you to come and stand and present yourself to the um, congregation. But if Carl and Grace are here, Fatty and Nora, Paul, who was in the 9 a.m., Crystal, 9 a.m., but Bomadelli as well, are going to invite you to come and stand right in the front right now and join us. Will you welcome them as they make their way forward? Thank you. I'm going to ask our pastoral team to come and join uh, around as well. Come right into the center here, Carl. You're front and center, I know. Uh, perfect. But membership for us as a church is a real important deal. In fact, when we look at membership, we see it as a biblical step. There is an important step that takes place when people come to membership. Many of you have probably attended this church for a really long time. You give consistently. You serve consistently. You're a part of what we do. But there is one other step that we do with people in our church, and it is those who come to the place of membership. And these folks have walked through the journey with us. They've walked through our First Steps program. They've sat with elders. They've walked with our pastors. And today we get to kind of present them in front of you as they make this step of making Callwood Church their home, that they are going to serve. They are going to do whatever they can to make sure that what we're doing together as a church is met in this community with the love of Jesus Christ. And so today, this is a beautiful opportunity for you to meet some of our new members. And we fully realize some of you are looking at this now and you're saying, how do I get involved with this? Well, come and talk to one of our pastors after. We'd love to share with you how you can also jump into this moment of membership. And so, but we are going to pray for our members. We are thankful for you. Our church is better because of you. And we just love this moment today to welcome you to membership. So will you pray with me one more time? So Father, I give you thanks today for who you are and what you're doing in this church. And I love how you orchestrate the tapestry of the people of this church. And you love what is happening here in this church. And you've brought some incredible people. And I thank you today that you have brought them to a place of membership. This is a big step. This is saying, yeah, like I'm committed here and this is my church and I am going to honor and fight for its best. And so, Father, today I pray that you would place your hand upon these people, upon their families, that you would guide them. And I pray that you will take them now into new seasons of ministry even, where you will give them influence to reach people for Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, that they will reach out to those of us who are sitting in the seats even today too, out of relationship. But Lord, today we are thankful for who you are and what you are doing and how you're guiding today. And so we welcome these people into membership. We're thankful for their gifts and their talents and who they are as people, character, and godly. And I give you thanks for that today. So Father, we ask all of these things in Jesus' name and with a heart of gratitude. And everybody said, amen. amen. Can you welcome them one more time? Amen. Ah, that's so good. I got to tell you, I was pretty excited to be here today. Uh, I was up a little early this morning, kind of antsy to kind of get to this moment. So uh, it is good to be back. And uh, Lisa and I had a couple of weeks away. And by away, we just did a lot of fun stuff and slept in our bed. And it was great time. But we are ready to jump into the Word of God. Are you ready today? Are you ready to hear the Word of the Lord? 
Um, I remember growing up in Squamish. Uh, one day, my, my mother and I, uh, we were driving back home and we got into the garage. We noticed that in the basement door in which we go into our home, it was open. We also knew that my dad and my siblings were not at home either because they were at a different thing. So we thought it was interesting that the door was, was wide open. So we, of course, walked into the, into the first room that you see, and all of a sudden, you saw everything turned upside down. And you're like, okay, this is not my siblings or else they'd be grounded for the rest of their life. Uh, we recognized instantly what was going on in the house. Of course, you, you pause at that moment because you wonder, is this person or persons, are they still in the room? Are they still in the house somewhere? Did we catch them? Uh, thankful, they, they, they were gone. But we made our way through the house and we realized that not only were things disrupted, things were now taken. Uh, Mom, of course, went into uh, her room where most of the valuables, the jewelry, things like this, all gone. Um, these people even had the audacity to walk into my room and they decided to take one of the most prized pieces possession of technology you will ever find. And they stole my Walkman, my Sony Walkman. <laughs> Some of you who are really young right now, you're like, what in the world is that archaic piece of, you know, work? But uh, this is my Sony Walkman. These people had the audacity to steal my Walkman. I may have prayed for God to take their lives that day. Okay, like, I'm just admitting that that could have happened. But it was interesting through learning what was now stolen from our house. Um, we, there, there are a lot of emotions that begin to make their way through your life. Um, the feelings that I started to feel, the, the anger. I, I was somewhat sad. I, I felt helpless. But you want to know one of the driving emotions of this whole thing was fear. Oh, are they going to come back? What are they going to do next time? Or the thoughts that you have at night as you lay in your, like all of these feelings happen because these people decided to steal. Now, we've been working our way through these 10 commandments of this series, Relationship Over Rule. And here we land on number eight of the rules, the words, the pronouncements that God gave to people. And, and this is what it says in Exodus 20, 15. You must not steal. Now, I got to tell you, I really like the version that comes from the King James. And I'm actually kind of thinking about it through the lens of Lord of the Rings and Gandalf. Thou shalt not. Yeah, but he says pass in the movie, but steal. Like I, I feel God could just say that thou shalt not steal. So today, God has said this. And so today we're going to investigate what does that mean? And so as we've read the word of the Lord, whether through that or Gandalf, let's pray, okay? Father, thank you for your word. I ask that you speak to us today because this is a different subject, maybe not spoken about often, but nonetheless, it's, it's in your list. And so I pray today that you will teach us and help us in it. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. This morning, I'm gonna speak to us from the subject of reveal the steel. The Ten Commandments are set up in a, in a way where the first four commandments are about your vertical relationship to God. Uh, we've discussed that you should have no other gods, no idols, don't carry the Lord's name in vain, and Sabbath to practice that. 
So we do this vertical approach, and then all of a sudden it shifts into a horizontal approach. And in that horizontal approach, we have investigated the idea of honor your father and mother. Pastor James did a couple of weeks ago uh, the one on murder, and then Pastor Tyson last week did the, the one on adultery. And both of these guys did a fantastic job on their messages. One of the things they um, communicated to us, though, was this, is that you probably don't wake up most mornings thinking you're going to go murder somebody or you're going to go commit adultery with somebody. Would that be, in, would that be true of you? Uh, that's pretty fair, right? Like, so they said, you're not going to do these things. But now, when we turn the page today, I'm actually advocating the absolute opposite. Where they said that you probably wouldn't do those things, I am saying to us that we all have done this. Stealing. I think this hits every single one of us who's listening, both in the room or if you're online with us today, every single one of us has accomplished this rule that God has placed in front of us. Whether it is past-related, whether it could be present tense today, or something you may choose or you want to do in your future. And just for the record, I am not talking about the goo goo gaga stuff of, oh, I stole her heart or I stole his heart and a lovey-dovey stuff. None of that. We're just talking good old stealing, all right? This is what we're talking about today. The word steal in its definition is this, taking another person's property without his or her permission. That's what we're talking about today. The question becomes, have you ever done it? Now, do not steal is really a quite unique commandment because it encompasses actually all of the other commandments on the second tablet, right? We have this picture in Christianity that there was two tablets and all the first ones there, but the second tablet, it encompasses it all, which think about it with me. Thou shalt not murder. Well, that's probably stealing. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Definitely stealing. Uh, we land on this today. Lying, envy are the two subjects that will remain with us. But this stealing one is actually very pivotal for us today. And some people, probably when they look at this list, they're like, well, it's Old Testament. doesn't matter anymore. And then I would say, I'm not with you. Because when I look at the lens of the New Testament, we turn to a couple key passages. For instance, Romans 13, uh, verse 9 says this, For the commandments say, so New Testament, you must not commit adultery. You must not murder. Talked about it. You must not steal. You must not covet. Now these and the other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself, which is a direct reference actually to Jesus in Matthew 22, where he encourages us to love your neighbor as yourself. Love God first, love people. There's this correlation, but Jesus talks about that idea of loving your neighbor in the capacity of steal which is something that I think we're familiar with. Then you would look at Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 to 20, and you'll see Jesus himself communicating one more time, all of this. He says, but the words you speak, they come from the heart, and that's what defiles you. And listen to this. For out of our hearts together today come all types of things, evil thoughts, Murder, talked about. Adultery, talked about. Sexual immorality, talked about with the subject last week. Theft, which is stealing. Jesus himself understands the power of stealing and theft. What God placed in Exodus 20:15 is important because Jesus himself brings it to the forefront today. But what I want you to see with this right here is that what we are talking about today is an issue of our heart. 
whether you have done this past, present, or future, Jesus is saying when you steal, it's an issue of your heart. And we have to take a look at our hearts today in this subject. Moments ago, as I stood on the front row, I heard all of you singing this song, and it was this. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. You prayed a prayer walking into today that you may not have realized, but God is today wanting to illuminate things in our hearts and specifically as we look at this topic of steel. Now, our culture today presents a never enough syndrome. Have you ever experienced this before? Never enough. I don't have enough. I need more. I got to do it. Insufficiency is something that drives this culture all the time. And it leads us always to wanting more. And I have to admit to you, I'm guilty of that myself. And all that is when I have this insufficient mindset, never enough syndrome, all it is showing in my heart and in Sean Chapman's heart is this capacity of greed. I'm just greedy. I feel like I need more. And ultimately, when we look at this idea of steel, it comes down to an issue of trust. And the most important question is, do you trust God? Or have you taken things into your own hand to then manipulate something in a way that benefits you because of the insufficiency syndromes that flow through many of us? Another question that I would ask you, and I'll pick up on this in a few more moments, but are you content with your life? Or do you feel you've got to have more and so you begin to take it from people? This contentment is something that we will take a look at today. Now, the Hebrew word for this, this the word steel is ganab. And I love ganab's translation today. This is really important. It says to literally, in stealth, to take or carry something away that doesn't belong to you. And that's a key point, I think, in this definition that doesn't belong to you. Now, in the Bible, there are many references to this word ganab. And here are a few of them for you to see today. In Genesis 31, you see the fact of ganab when it came to goods. You see ganab when it came to people, whether that would be slavery and, and trading people away. Micah 2, stolen land. 2 Samuel 15, there are stolen hearts. Then in Jeremiah 23, and one of the most interesting ones of them all, is stolen words, where you steal God's word or you put improper translation to it. So this idea of ganab is something that happened a lot in the Bible, and it is something that Jesus pointed to as he was clarifying what his father said in Exodus 20, 15. Thou shalt not steal. So as we look at this subject today, I've got three things that I just want to leave with you today and, and, we'll, and then we'll go on with our week here. But number one, I want to talk to us about the effects of steel. How many of you in this room today, and you're comfortable to say it, have you ever been stolen from before in your life? And I, it is unbelievable. I don't know what your story or your situation is. All I could say to you today is I am, I am truly sorry I identify myself when someone stole from me. And that wasn't just the first time. But that was a pretty personable one for me that shaped a lot of who I was young. But I'm sorry that you've had to go through that. And the reason I say that is because I understand the emotions and the emotional toll that it has on you. Because I have walked through these things myself. Sleepless nights, 
Maybe there's a lot of curiosity that happens. There's the fear. There's the frustration. There's the helplessness. I've noticed this about those stolen moments in my own life. It disrupts me and it disorients me. Perhaps you have felt some of those same things in your life. When we talk about the effects of steel, it means that there is an emotional currency that is manipulated in that moment and it is taking its effect on its people. Some people in our culture as well, they've got this vice and, it, and this thing called kleptomania. I don't know if you've heard of this before, but this is a real deal. So this is somebody who cannot help themselves when it comes to stealing. And, and it's not most of the time even for um, economic gain or just accruing stuff. They just do it because they can't help it. And I, I want to say today that I believe that every single one of you has a kleptomaniac in your life today whether you knew this or not. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus is using these words, and he says this, that the thief's purpose, so he's identifying Satan and false teachers in the same sentence. The thief's purpose is to what? What does it say? To steal. See, you and I, we've got a kleptomaniac, the devil, who all he wants to do for your life today, this is super encouraging. I'm so glad you came to church today, right? All he wants to do is steal from you. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. How many of you are ready to go into your week now, right? Super encouraging, Sean. Thanks for this. But we have got a kleptomaniac who is trying to rob and to steal from every single one of us. There are human beings that do this as well in their kleptomania syndrome as well. And I'm thinking about this, like as, as an enemy is at play over our lives and he literally is trying to ganob you. He is trying to steal and to strip away stuff from you. I don't know about you, but has anybody ever felt robbed by the devil before with anything in your life? I mean, this is what he's good at. He doesn't care about what he's gaining out of it. He just wants to do it because he wants to disrupt who you are. Now, whether it is by Satan or whether it is by people, this is what we know about stealing. Stealing brings societal corruption and it brings an inner chaos. See, when we steal against one another, the society goes nuts. And not only that, but when I have been stolen against, it sets my heart on fire in a not so good way. And the inner chaos that is there. But I want us mostly today to be aware of the effects of steal. It's gonna make somebody feel a certain way, like I have felt in my own life. And perhaps as we transition now, the second part of what we look at in stealing is I want to reveal the steal now. So we understand that the effects are there. When someone has stolen it against you, it makes you feel a certain way. But now today I am asking us to flip the script a little bit and to look at our own hearts. How have you stolen in your life? And this is a big deal because I think most of us have walked through this at some point. Now this is, as we've described it, relationship overrule. Many people look at the commandments and they're like, oh, here goes God with his list again of the things I can't do. But I'm seeing this slightly differently. Not slightly, a lot differently these days. It's relationship overrule. Why God tells you and I to do not steal is because, do you know this, that our relationships are consistently broken when we choose to steal. They just are. 
Like, God in his grace has pointed this out to us. It's like, yeah, don't go stealing, guys, because the reality is the relational currency is going to be disrupted. Now, many of us would live in the pocket of, okay, stealing is when I take. But I had a different thought that was given to us by Albert Tate, and I want to share it with you today because I think it's brilliant. Stealing is often seen as taking, yet stealing is also keeping what should be given. Let that sink in. I mean, we always take it in the, in the context of, oh, I'm getting stuff taken from me. But did you know to steal is also not giving what should be given as well? And so let's unpackage that just a little bit. There are three areas that I've picked. It's not an exhaustive list of um, where uh, you and I have stolen from other people. Now, the very first thing is, is the subject of stuff. Um, okay, you, you come to church to confess, right? Like, I assume that's why you come to church. So let's do a confession session right now, all right? How many of you, honestly, you put your hand in the cookie jar? You took the cookie. Seriously? Okay, thank you for your honesty. Uh, you, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you took the cookie when you weren't supposed to. Stuff. I mean, it's a cookie, but it's just a silly example. But there is a list here that I could talk about when it comes to stuff and the things where we have stolen. Perhaps the things that God would say, I'm going to reveal this to you today. This is how you've taken. Um, that's something that wasn't yours. Shoplifting. I mean, as my example was at the beginning, armed burglary. Did you know that you could take money from people? Embezzlement. The one thing that we don't want to talk about a lot of the time is the things under intellectual property, the films, the movies, the music, the homework that we steal from other people. People steal people. I believe this or not. This is the thing that happens in our world. It's sad, but people steal people. People steal time. They cut time from the things that are happening in and around them, whether it could be school, education. It could be your workplace. Work's another one of those things that could fall under the category of stuff where we steal. Half-hearted work to your employer. Longer breaks that you weren't supposed to take or leaving early from work when you shouldn't have. I mean, there are many ways in which we steal and stuff is one of those ways. The second thing that I see when it comes to stealing is your words, which you may think this is a little bit strange. Like, why are we talking about words? Well, let me explain what I'm talking about here. Reputation. Some of us have stolen people's reputation with our gossip and our slander. Have you thought about that before? Like the words that you and I communicate out of our mouths, if they come in that form, it attacks somebody's reputation. Or the other thing when it comes to words is dignity. How, how maybe have you stolen somebody's dignity because you decided to humiliate them in front of somebody else? Or behind their backs, you said something that was not accurate nor truthful. Or what happens when you look at these moments and you take someone's peace from them and you place an anxiety over their lives, something you say, something you do. Or how about the person who has lost their joy because of something you have communicated or said and all you deposited into their heart was this thing called discouragement? Remember Albert Tate's definition, which I think is valuable. Stealing is often looked at about taking, but it is also keeping that which should be given. And think about that in the power in the context of your words. Are you taking or are you able to use your words as a tool of virtue for people rather than the vice that it often is and we strip people of their reputation, dignity, and who they are as human beings? 
So we've got stuff we can steal. We've got words that we steal. And the third one is you steal from God. So Malachi chapter three, it talks about how we steal from God when it comes to our money. Now, this is not a money um, message today. That's for another time. But I think it was important that we see this because in scripture, it says that we can steal from God. And it comes to your monetary means. The question becomes, and it's really specific to tithes and offerings, what do you do with your money? And are you perhaps stealing from God? And all I'm saying today in this, in this point is I want him to reveal the steal. If this is one of those areas where stealing is happening in your life, thou shalt not steal. What would God say to you in this? Out of these three words that I used right there with stuff, words, and God, my question to you is there, is there an identified area this morning that you are perhaps stealing in? Here's an opportunity today to give it back to God. And the third thing that I'm going to land with today is, is this. I want to love through contentment. Our look at the Ten Commandments this summer has been through the lens of a love letter. Like oftentimes we thought God is smashing his hammer down. Thou shalt, you can't do this. I'm just a rule guy. But we've looked at it through the aspect of God and his relational capacity to you and I. The thing I, I love about this one command that we're even talking about today is that, do you know that God loves us so much that he reminds us something so simple that we were taught as children at a very young age. God reminds us over and over, thou shalt not steal because he knows what it's going to do to you. He knows the effect that it's going to bring on you, but he knows what it's going to do to other people. And our text showed us today that we are to love our neighbor as ourself. And if we get into this pattern of stealing, do we truly even love ourselves as much as the neighbor that Jesus asks us to do? And so what God does in this moment today, again, he provides you and I a heads up. And it's all about love. Like, I'm not concerned about you. I'm concerned about what I see in society. So let me remind you again, don't steal. Because the relationships are broken everywhere around you. It reminds me of the, the verse out of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 6. And it says this, Yet true godliness with contentment is, it, is itself great wealth. So this contentment thing is, is, a, is a big deal. And God is encouraging us through his word today. You got to move yourself to a place of contentment. Oftentimes, stealing will occur when we are not content with our lives. There's something going on inside. Remember I said earlier, this is a heart issue, right? And that's not my words, they're Jesus's words. But there's a, a lack of contentment most of the time when we go to this, this style. But living content happens when we prevent greed and a scarcity mindset, which accelerates. See, this is important for us today. You have an opportunity to prevent the stealing that happens in and around our hearts and our lives by getting to a place of contentment. A lack of contentment, just for the record, is not the same as stealing, okay? Don't misunderstand that today. But what I would say is it, the lack of contentment, it's in the family <laughs> of stealing. Like it's on the same spectrum. Because when we are not content, we tend to go do things that are not well. Scarcity and greed, 
uh, they're a dangerous combo. Ultimately, they reveal to us all today a form of and a lack of trust that we have maybe with God. The part about this um, message that I've appreciated in my studies is I see the words, don't steal. But what I was missing in that was that when God says don't steal, he was also communicating something to me about his character. Like he was showing me that this is not just about your action step, this is showing you who I am. And what I mean by that is is in the book of Genesis, God gets to a moment with Abraham and his son Isaac, and God is given a name in that chapter, and he is called Jehovah Jireh, and he is the God that provides. And I'm, I'm looking at this, this command and I'm thinking, okay, I can't steal, I can't steal. But God's saying, no, no, I want you to see who I am in this. The reason, Sean, that you want to go steal is because you've taken your eyes off of me. The reason you want to continue in that lifestyle is because you failed to understand that it is my character and I am a generous God. I am an abundant God who is able to place into your life everything you need at exactly the just right moment that he is the Jehovah Jireh and I don't have to be. I don't have to go manipulate other people because I know that he's in charge of me. But I think sometimes when we go into the stealing model, is that we have forgotten the character of God. Jesus himself tells us in the New Testament, and you and I, if you don't know me yet, you'll know that I've, I've got a dislike for birds <laughs> at a couple of moments of the season because I seed my lawn. What lawn? I mean now. But these birds come and they steal my seed when I put it onto my grass. It drives me nuts. But Jesus says, hey, guess what, Sean? I'm going to take care of the birds of the field or the birds of the air. And he's doing it with my seed, though. (laughs) And I don't like that. I'm going to take care of the lilies of the field, Sean. I'm going to give them exactly what they need, whether sun or rain or food. I'm going to take care of them. And then he goes, how much more am I going to take care of you? See, you don't have to give yourself to a stealing lifestyle because you've got Jehovah Jireh right there saying, I am here and I'm willing to lead you. I want you to know today that our God, in this love letter that he writes to us of relationship overrule, our God, he is so generous. He is full of abundance. He's got everything that you need, even though you feel you don't have it. And oftentimes in that moment too, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but he's like, I know what he knows I need, but I want it now. And he's like, no. See, that's the beauty about God is he knows what you need. And guess what? He's going to give it to you when he thinks you need it, not the other way around. And so today I want you to be encouraged that his provision is exactly on point and he knows at the right time. So how do I oppose this stealing mindset, lifestyle? Two things as you walk out today. Gratitude and generosity. Today, my encouragement to get to that space of contentment is get a lifestyle of gratitude. I don't have enough. Shut that insufficiency up. Don't let it be there. You got to say, okay, God, thank you for this. I see this in my life and look for the blessings. You asked him earlier to open the eyes of your heart. Let him open the eyes of your heart. See the things and be be gracious in that approach to him 
And then generosity. One of the great compelling things instead of taking is give then. And I love this about the journey even in my own life. When I felt like I have not had enough or I don't, you know, add up to whoever, God's like, give. Give it away. And I've, I've found a settledness in my own heart, a contentment that's from him. And I think you too can practice those things because he is Jehovah Jireh. He is the God that provides. Quit ganobbing, people. Allow Jireh to take care of everything you got and everything you need. And believe me, he will. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you are Jehovah Jireh. You're the God that provides. And I think that many of us in this room today, we identify with um, the stealing that has happened in our own hearts. And you have encouraged us today to look internally, to look at our own heart. And whether we um, have stolen stuff or maybe it's the words or maybe we've stolen from you, today I pray that you will allow us to repent and confess of those things. I don't think today that this message intent was to to beat down on people. That's not what this is about because this is a love letter. This is about you giving us another chance and saying, hey, I love you enough where I want you to change some things. And so Holy Spirit, I pray over the hearts that are in this room and online with us today who are processing this conversation, maybe where we have stolen from you or from people, just reveal that right now in this space and help us to move to a place of apology, of being sorry, forgiveness, and to turn around and walk the other way. I know that God, you love it when we move in obedience to you. And so that's what I pray for today. So help us to identify, reveal the steal. And help us this week to start working on in greater capacity to love through contentment. Help us to move in this love letter that you've written, to be content with what I have, to know that you're my provider and I don't need to take things into my own hand, literally, but that I've got an opportunity to trust you. Remove the scarcity mindset. Remove the greed that permeates inside and allow trust to replace and allow attitudes of gratitude and generosity to happen in your people. And with all eyes closed and and heads bowed today, I know that I had mentioned earlier that there is a kleptomaniac who has run around. And the name is the devil. And he wants to steal from you. And the reality is he's stolen your ability to see that this God who I'm talking about today, he loves you a lot. And he wants relationship with you. But this kleptomaniac tries to get in the way of that. He doesn't want you to see. And today you're sitting here or you're online and you're like, you're realizing there's something about God that I want to have relationship with. I see Jesus today and I see that he loves me and I want relationship with him. And my prayer this week is to 
be led to this point of that the eyes of people's hearts would be open to the reality that God loves you. He's got a plan for you. He's passionately excited about who you are. But it comes down to your decision of saying yes to him. So perhaps you're in this room today, on the count of three, if you would like to have a relationship with Jesus, who died for your sin, stealing, who rose again from the grave, who is alive today, or you are online, you could click that link saying, I want to receive Jesus. But if you are in this room today and you desire that relationship with Jesus, just on the count of three, if you would raise your hand, look at me in the eye, and you can put your hand back down. And this is a first-time moment for you. Let this be a day where the klepto doesn't get his way and God steps into your heart, into your life. One, two, three. Is there anybody? Thanks. Thank you, thank you. If that was you today, pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I, I thank you that this morning you've opened the eyes of my heart to see you. And today I want to surrender my, my life to you that which the devil has tried to steal, I submit it to you and I surrender today my heart. I ask you, Jesus, to come and have your way in my life. I thank you today that I see that you love me, that you've got a plan for me and this discussion this morning is no more stealing. So God, help me to give you everything. Help that to be the, the, the opportunity I step into is that I get to Walk in the freedom that you've given to me. So today, I invite you to just have residence in me. And I give you thanks for this new life and the grace. Now show me who you are and what you want to do in me. And I give you thanks for that. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you uh, say thank you to those who uh, said yes to Jesus today and what he had to do? If you did say yes to Jesus for the very first time, our encouragement to you is text the word LIFE to this number that is on the screen. It gives us an opportunity to come stand with you, to walk with you, to give you some resources to do that. If you are brand new for the very first time today, welcome to Colwood Church. I'm so glad that you have been here. My encouragement to you is make sure you head to the welcome uh, center in the back there. Say hi to Pastor Tyson. Identify yourself. We'll help you that way. And we'll make sure that uh, we can give you some things there as well. And have a fantastic week. Thou shalt not steal. Go and love people the way he wants. And we hope that you'll join us in about 30 minutes for some lunch or a baseball game. We love you, church. Have a good week. And we'll see you soon.